Hello, friends! Uh, welcome back to Heroes You Should Know, the double nerd show where I learn about history, history, historical figures, Jesus, historical figures we should know, but don't for a plethora of reasons that you can infer because you're smart people. Um, I'm Allegra, and I am very excited to introduce our guest this week. It is our first guest who is not on the Mayday team. It's Carly from Spot Hidden. Hello. Hi, pal. Hello. I'm very excited. I'm so We've glad said that you're... like seven times at this point. <laughs> it's been it's been several times, but it doesn't change the fact that we're both excited. Yes. Um. So yes, we will be um discussing a historical figure. I'll uh I'll throw it to Carly for their build, and then I'll tell all y'all my build, and then we'll probably be done. We'll probably talk about a couple things in between. Um. But this week. We are going to be talking about the Apache warrior woman, medicine woman, seer, Lozen. Um, I do want to throw a really quick trigger warning out there. There is violence against women and against indigenous peoples as a whole. Um, so please take care of yourselves if you need to step away. That's very important. Um, and while we're on this kind of subject, I want to say that Lozen is like kind of a classic example of a hero that we should know about, especially having lived in the United States. Um, and it hasn't been told because the enemies that she is fighting are the controlling powers of the nation. And to acknowledge her is to acknowledge the horrendous conditions she endured, the acts perpetrated against her and her people and indigenous folks as a whole, as well as the injustices that the native populations continue to endure to this day with basically no consequences to the government. So like the idea is how are you supposed to side with the government who is still in power if they teach you about all the horrible things they did to people that were already here before the government even existed? So they just don't teach it to you, or instead they teach you a very whitewashed, watered-down, palatable version of it, like like Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so, Gosh. I mean, <laughs> so people who are not of indigenous heritage to wherever you live, it's your responsibility to learn about the history that you are intentionally denied. Go find information from public sources. I mean, like reading Wikipedia isn't enough because I can guarantee you, if it's on Wikipedia, there is public information elsewhere that is far closer to the sources of the and the people that are being affected. And and this, this obviously this goes for all the people we talk about on here, but it is very uh, apparent in this specific case and much closer to home. And I wanted to say it explicitly now. So yeah, there's that. Um, let me, oh, looks like I'm not there. Hmm, wild. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, oh, now you're there. Am I there? I think. Hmm. Wacky. Um, yeah, there I am. Hey, cool, <laughs> that's me. Um, yes, anyway, so now that we've said all that, let's talk about Lozen, because she's cool as shit. Oh my gosh, she's so cool. <laughs> um, so she is the brother of the chief of the Chiricahua, um, sorry, the Chiheni band of the Chiricahua Apache. Uh, so her brother's name is Victoria, and he's the chief. Uh, and he is quoted as saying that Lozen is a shield to her people and he called her his right hand. So she was, you know, at his side working with him at all, like for, for most of their life. Um, and Lozen actually isn't her birth name, but it is a nickname that was given to her. That means dexterous horse thief. Her, her birth name actually isn't known um, to, to history. Um, so she was born in 1840 and as I said before, she was a medicine woman, a seer, a warrior, and a battle strategist. Um, and at the point that she is born, it is kind of the peak of the Apache-Mexico Wars. And these had started back in the 1600s, although conflicts with indigenous people and colonizers have been going since conquistadors and colonists came across the ocean. Um, and so the, it kind of spurred from when the Spanish colonists from Mexico started pushing north into what we know as New Mexico, um, Arizona, Texas, Wyoming, Utah. Um, and, and and it went from the 1600s into the 20th century. Um, and so this, this conflict eventually also coincides with the Apache Wars with the U.S. government as well. So they're kind of um, embroiled in this, like, war on all sides from all kinds of adversaries. Um, and at the height of the conflict, which is about where we're at, when we're talking about Lozen, 
there were bounties set for the scalps of indigenous men, women, and children. They would they would have bounty hunters go out and murder people and then take their scalps, and that would be a bounty, which is incredibly fucked up. It's so weird too. Like that's the weirdest thing that you could get as like a bounty. I, I don't. I know. I mean, I, it's wrong on all levels, but it's also uh, just yeah. weird. <laughs> like that. Ugh, ah. um so as a child lozen wasn't really interested in the traditional duties of a woman in the tribe and instead she wanted to be a warrior so so with uh with the apache in particular gender roles were defined but not terribly binary and not terribly like hardlined either uh there were women that were warriors and all the children were taught all the roles of the of the society um in case there were some like unforeseen circumstances that arise that arose (laughs) so um Many indulgence cultures acknowledge multiple genders and people who operated outside of the traditional binary were seen as blessed or special rather than like ostracized. Um, which is cool to hear. Yes. <laughs> so Lozen learned how to ride a horse super early in life. I think it was like seven years old and she was riding and doing great things. Um, and eventually became one of the best writers in the Chihene band. Um, she was a gifted markswoman. She was skilled with a knife and as we said before, an esteemed strategist in battle. Um, and as a kid, she's described as athletic, intelligent, and fearless, um, and and like would rough house with the with the boys rather than you know do other like tasks that, that were more traditionally feminine. Um, so her brother sees this, and her brother know, and her brother's, I want to say her brother's like twenty ish years older than her, maybe maybe a little less. Um, but he sees that she wants to like be a warrior and do do other things. And he kind of takes her at face value and like takes her in his wing and teaches her what he knows. Um, and so typically in a, in like a, a raiding party or a warrior band, very uh, unattached, like unmarried women weren't permitted to ride along with them, but Lozen was so skilled and so passionate about it. And so like, like good at what she did that there were obviously exceptions made for her. Um, and she was never actually married to a man. Um, so besides her physical prowess, she's also uh, a powerful medicine woman and seer. So she would, she, she had like a pretty broad knowledge of what kind of herbs to use and she would sing songs to heal people. Um, and these are kind of gifts that were said to have manifested themselves around the time of her like coming of age ceremony. Um, and another, another kind of gift that she was said to have had was the ability to detect the approach of enemies I mean, down to the point that she could tell how far off they were. Super cool. wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> so, um, between her prowess as a warrior and her skills of healing and strategy and knowledge of where the enemy was coming, she uh, she's invited to become a member of the Council of Warriors. So they were like the ones who made decisions about where they would fight and how they would fight and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there are even some reports that say she was fighting back against Mexican soldiers from like childhood, from being bitty bitty and just fighting. Which I mean, if if you're if you're surrounded on all sides, and yeah, what like what choice is there? Which is terrible because she's a kid. It's man, all this Ugh. stuff like reading all of this that you spent. I'm just like, oh man, yeah. oh man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> reasons reasons I put that little that at the beginning i was like we have to talk about this because we oh yeah we can't not (laughs) um so the treaty of guadalupe hidalgo is signed in 1848 which basically ends the mexican-american war in the favor of the united states and has absolutely no regard for the people already living on the land that they're discussing (laughs) um so the treaty gives 525,000 square miles to the u.s which includes uh, present-day Arizona, California, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming, as well as parts of Texas. Um, but again, there are already people living there and had been living there for long before settlers ever came. <laughs> but, of course, because it's the government and it is the 1800s, that doesn't fucking matter. Who cares, apparently? <laughs> yeah, they don't count according to the government. Um, so, the treaty signed... Homesteaders and settlers and ranchers and prospectors from the U.S. start to push into the area. Um, And the main reason they hadn't done this as much before, uh, one was because of the the Mexican-American War, but two, because the Apache were very much against mining 
and would push back against Mexican settlers like with deadly force to be like, no, you're not, you're, you're not doing this. Um, but now that the US government has taken control of this land that they shouldn't have, um, they, they can establish more forts and outposts in the region. And after the civil war, so the civil war hasn't happened yet, but after the civil war, which is later in our story, um, after that, there are more like ex soldiers kind of moving out there, looking to, to work at the forts to prospects to go out for bounties. Like they're like, they're, they're shipping people in to have control of the area. Um, and the Chiricahua Apache are basically boxed, boxed in by enemies on all sides between the Mexican cavalry and the U.S. cavalry is either enslaving them or killing them. Um, and so they, they moved a lot. They fought often. It, it, it was a very unstable lifestyle. <clears throat> so uh, we get to 1869 and the U.S. government goes into negotiations with Victorio and several other chiefs of the region. Um, and they agree to settle in Ojo Caliente. Uh, which is a traditional homeland of the of of the uh, the Chiricahua Apache. Uh, it's got a hot spring and water supplies, and so they're like, okay, let's like let's talk this out. Like, if you're gonna be here, we we if we have to make this agreement, this is an okay agreement, I guess. Like, I'm sure it's not an okay agreement, but it's a it's one that that they'll make to survive, I guess. Uh, and so Victoria consults with Lozen, and they eventually agree. But unsurprisingly, like they always do, the government goes, no, actually, we don't like this anymore. Imagine um, that. Wild, right? <laughs> no one could have seen that coming. Mm -mm. Super surprised. Uh, two years later, they're forced to move to Fort Tularosa in 1871. And then they are once again moved in 1877 to uh, all to concentrate all of the Apache on one reservation in San Carlos, Arizona. So San Carlos is referred to by everyone, including the soldier station there as Hell's 40 Acres. Um, the Apache aren't allowed to, allowed to hunt. Uh, they're given like really shitty meager rations. It's super crowded. Disease and illness spreads very easily. It's, it's a terrible place. It is a terrible existence. It, they, you know, I just, <clears throat> They're, they're stuck there and it's awful. Um, and so multiple times, uh, Lozen and Victoria leave, lead their band off out of the reservation and try to find some kind of safety with their Mescalaro allies at the Fort Stanton reservation. Uh, but every time the Mexican American soldiers tail them and like try and get them back or try and stop them from, excuse me, from leaving the reservation. Um, but they evade the soldiers for three years. And this time is known as Victoria's War. Uh, and in that time, it is just all out guerrilla warfare against the US and Mexican soldiers. Um, so Victoria's band had a ton fewer warriors than the soldiers pursuing them. But with Lozen's skill to detect enemies and heal, they were able to kind of like hold their own and they, you know, they had different ways of fighting. And so they, they managed to to, to keep to keep their distance and keep themselves alive and keep going. Um, so while she so while Lozen was fighting back against two different armies, healing people, detecting where the enemies were coming from, she's also ferrying women and children and elderly people to safety in multiple different locations on multiple different occasions, um, like through the desert, through different uh, environments. She's she's just leading them to keep like to get them to safety. Um, one in particular, uh, she they're in the middle of the Chihuahuan Desert, which is in like New Mexico, West Texas. Um, and so she delivers this woman's baby in the middle of the desert while they're being chased by Mexican and American cavalries. And then she's like, okay, I'm gonna get them out of the desert and to the Mescalero Apache, who are our allies, they'll keep them safe, uh, which is near the Sacramento Mountains. So it's, it's it, she has like three days supplies of food, a rifle, uh, a knife, a cartridge belt, which is not nearly enough supplies for two people no. <laughs> getting across the desert. <laughs> so she sneaks around to the Mexican and U.S. camps and, like, just casually steals horses and supplies and gets them on their way, gets them across, like, on her own, 
newborn baby, new mother. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go steal some horses. I'm going to steal these horses. I'm going to steal these supplies. Fuck you. She's so cool. Like, she is so cool. I can't even, like, she just... And, and that's and that's like where her that's kind of where her nickname not 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 this particular instance but that's where her nickname kind of comes into play is that she was she was very much like good with horses and good with like mules and those kind of animals and she would just she could just get them yeah. <laughs> I don't like there's there's another one that I read that she was in direct like she was under direct fire and she just got a mule like a mule that was like loaded down with supplies and just like got him got him back to her people and she was like all right cool let's go <laughs> no big deal <laughs> amazing incredible so, so it's the fall of 1880 and Lozen is leading yet another group of women children uh, to the Mescalero and Victorio's remaining band is ambushed by Mexican forces in Tres Castillos, Mexico um, and unfortunately 78 Apache including Victorio are killed in this battle um, and there are also warriors, elderly children, women, everywhere just massacred, it's awful um and then another 100 women and children are captured and or sold into slavery and only 17 of their band escape. So, so Lozen gets to Mescalaro. She finds out about the ambush and she rides right back. She's hauling ass. She steals supplies, steals horses from both armies, uh, finds survivors of her band in the Sierra Madres. And she's kind of like gathering them again. Um, and so, so she, so she meets up with Nana who was, uh, Victorio's kind of successor. Um, <clears throat> and so the, the skirmishes are continuing and they are like on, on, on a, on a tear for vengeance. Um, so they kill at least 35 soldiers, wound tons more and, and take more than 200 horses and mules and supplies all while not losing a single one of their people, which is incredible. Oh my gosh. Um, and after, after this, they meet up with Geronimo and fight with him for about two years. So they're, they're like, they're kind of uh, gathering, gathering into a bigger, a big, a bigger band. Uh, but of course the United States army can't have this because they have to have control of this land. I don't, I don't, I don't, it, I don't understand it. Why can't people just be good people? Anyway, uh, they dispatch general George cook or George, I'm sorry, not cook, but crook because he is aptly named. Yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so he's dispatched to capture them in 1883. Um, and so Lozen and another warrior woman who was traveling with Geronimo named, I've seen, okay, so I've seen her name pronounced, uh, pronunciations written out of Tadotse or Tadoste. And I've, I think I've seen Tadoste a little bit more. So that's what we're going to say. Uh, I'm very sorry if it's wrong. I will correct it if I am incorrect. I, I tried to find pronunciations online and there was nothing so here we are. So Tadoste is uh, another warrior. She's a mediator. She's also fluent in English and Spanish. So she's so she's like the like the hub of information distribution. So they're they're acting as kind of the go-between between Crook and the Apache. And in 1883, they finally uh, agree to return to the fort. Um, but again. Conditions haven't gotten any better. It's terrible for them there. It's not safe for them there. So in 1885, Geronimo leads 42 warriors and 92 women and children, including Lozen, Nana, and Tadoste, out of San Carlos again. Uh, and then we hit early 1886, where another conference is arranged with Crook, where Geronimo is about to surrender, um, but instead flees, and they, they all go with him. Um, and this time, Crook can't keep up with them. Um, so he's got, he has several failures under his belt. And finally the U S army is like, no, fuck you. We're sending this new guy in Nelson miles. So he's assigned to go after them in the, the, the later parts of 1886. So he sends out his own troops, but he also sends nearly 400 other Chiricahua Apache from the San Carlos reservation all the way to a prison camp in Florida to prevent them from aiding those who are following Geronimo. You know, yeah. Arizona, New Mexico, Florida. Yeah, where it's like, completely different weather. Like Completely different. Was reading, I was reading up a little bit on that part of it. it they all got so sick from it. Like yeah, everybody they, was getting so sick because they weren't used to the weather. They weren't used to the atmosphere. Like mm -hmm. there were bugs. They weren't used to bugs. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's an, just like a shock to the system, not only culturally, but literally physically. Yeah. So he's, so even though the Geronimo's band is undefeated in battle and they've fucked up the U S army a ton, this is a lot for them to handle. They're, you know, they're, they're on this fight to defend their people and their home, which is hard to do when your people are sent across the country. And at this point, their numbers are somewhere around like three dozen. <sighs> Awful. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so Miles's first lieutenant, uh, Charles Gatewood, is sent to negotiate with Lozen and Tedoste um, to surrender on behalf of the U.S. Army. Uh, or, or they surrender to the U.S. Army. Um, but of course, General Miles, ta- Miles takes credit for it and sends Gatewood up to uh, Dakota Territory so he can't, <laughs> he can't talk. Um, side note about General Miles, who continues to suck as years go on. Uh, he plays a role in the capture of Chief Joseph, in the death of Sitting Bull, and in the Sioux Massacre at Wounded Knee. So he's just an unpleasant character in history, and I... Yeah. I, I, I don't <laughs> like knowing about him. Yeah. So, in this truce, uh, the Chiricahua, Apache, and Geronimo's band are sent are also sent to exile in Florida, where they're to remain for two years before they can come back to the land that has been their home forever. Um, so the last part of it is a whole ass lie. Uh, they were never intending to let them return. The exile was just to get them out of the area. And like the, the, the promise of, Oh, in two years you can keep and come back is just to keep them quiet, which, uh, uh, anyway. So this exile even extends to Apache scouts who are allied with the U S army. They have, they have Apache scouts who are like working with them <laughs> and they're still like, actually, no, you go too, which is so dirty. Yeah. That's, it, yeah. I'm getting angry. I'm actually getting angry. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying very hard to keep my emotions in check because yeah. it's not my place to get angry about this. Yeah, um, same, but... <laughs> so, none of the leaders uh, recognize this as a betrayal until it's too late. And so this is meant to be like a show of good faith. 24 men, 14 women, including Lozen and Tadose, are in the first group. Um, so they're like, they're they're sent in these overcrowded cattle cars and shipped east, the camp in Florida is overcrowded again, full of illness and disease and things that they are not used to, including environments and bugs. Um, Oh, Oh, there's a big old fire truck. (laughs) Bye friends. Um, and, and, and Mount, and like they're, they're not supplied well to live. Um, at this point, there are varying reports that, Tedoste and Lozen are living together and potentially have like a deeper relationship than that of just friends. It's, it's been, it's been discussed in multiple, like in multiple parts of their life. But I think this is the, this is the one where they, where they're like, no, they're like, they're living together in this, in this POW camp, essentially. Um, there, it's not, you know, like certain, but they're, they're like, I, from what I was reading, it sounds like, like they were like together and cared. But also, History is much gayer than everyone makes it out to be. So, so. gayer than everyone makes it out to <laughs> like, be. So, like, probably, probably. Um, Gal pals. So, yeah. So they're so they're in Florida, and then Lozen eventually gets sent to a different POW camp in Mount Vernon, Alabama, where she unfortunately passes away of tuberculosis on June seventeenth, eighteen eighty nine, <laughs> and then she is buried in an unmarked grave with fifty other Apaches who died at the camp around the same time. I, see, I always get so excited when Alabama is mentioned in something because I'm like, I'm from there. And then I always immediately get disappointed because it's always something like that. <laughs> I'm the same way about Arkansas. I'm like, I love Arkansas. Uh, but I was reading about, I was trying to look into Mount Vernon. All the accounts were people like saying, oh, they treated these people so well. And I'm like, did they though? Did they though? I would love to hear actual reports. Which side <laughs> because, of history are you learning this from? Yeah. <laughs> From the government? Probably. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, so, Tadoste, for, for a little bit of a, a hopeful, not hopeful note, but a, more of an up note, I guess, uh, Tadoste is eventually allowed to return to the Mescalara Reservation in New Mexico, where she remarries, um, but is said to have mo- mourned Lozen for the rest of her life until she passes away of old age at 95 in 1955. 
And that is, uh, that's Lozen. She's cool as fuck. She deserves so cool. better and yes. she should be known. So know about her. Like usual, this is, this is, this is like base layer. There's so much more information you can find out about her online. Please do it. She's cool as shit. Oh my gosh. I went, I, I told you earlier, but I don't know if I said it on stream. I went down like a rabbit hole, like reading about her and then reading about the, just the Apache people in general and then Mount Vernon and then Geronimo. It's, and It's so easy to go down that like oh rabbit gosh. hole of like this connects to this, connects to this, connects to this. And like finding out the actual history of it is so yeah. much cooler than anything we halfway heard in high school. And I was telling my mom about it. She's like, oh yeah, we learned all about Mount Vernon and stuff in Alabama history. And I'm like, we didn't like that was back in the 70s apparently they kind of talked about it but i was like i had no idea any of yeah. this was a thing so so yeah that's lozen um carly do you want to show us your build for her <laughs> i will um so i went through so many different versions so very very many different versions and i finally ended up on multi-class fighter and cleric um we have seven levels in fighter three and cleric just to kind of get the specific abilities that i wanted to kind of have mm -hmm. um so i put her at uh her uh subclass for fighter is the cavalier because i mean horses she stole yeah. so many horses she was super into horses apparently she was the original horse girl um, <laughs> oh no <laughs> not in a bad way like in a good way horse girls are fun cool horse girls. so yeah i put her as cavalier and she has like this ability that's called born to the saddle which i just love the name of. yes <laughs> let me pull it up um because i have like the full version on my phone so i can say a little bit about the abilities and then i'll get into yes, stats please. and stuff i just want to say born to the saddle because it's just so cool to hear about um let me pull it up uh, you have advantage on saving throws to avoid falling off your mount. Yes. If you fall off and descend no more than 10 feet, you land on your feet if you're not incapacitated. So That's just so the thought cool. of her, try, her like getting knocked off and just landing on her feet is just very good to me. <laughs> yeah, like falling off and being like, I'm still here to fuck shit up. Like, yes, like, I can get another horse. <laughs> I also I gave her nature domain cleric because she was a medicine woman and she knew like the herbs and stuff to heal. I felt like that kind of fit. Um, yes. But for her stats, I went with 13 strength. Mm -hmm. um, and then dexterity, I have her at 18. Okay. Ooh, nice. Because I basically tried to get dexterity as high as I could. Constitution is eight because I had to have a dump stat and she died of tuberculosis, which is sad. But I feel like she would have had higher constitution than eight, but I couldn't really. The other stats were more of a priority for me, if that right. makes sense. This no, I, like, it's, it's so hard to pick a dump stat. For yeah, a real it is. Person. It, like, yes, that's the it, suckiest part of it. It's like, I it really is. <sighs> and, like, she was super intelligent, but her intelligence for this, I've only put as 12 because I put mm -hmm. her wisdom at 17. Because I feel like a lot of her stuff came from experience. So it would kind of make sense to me to have wisdom rather than right. intelligence. Plus, she's a cleric. So we still have to kind of put DD <laughs> stats. And her charisma is 10 because, once again, semi dump stat. Um, I gave her a club for one of her weapons Ooh. because I was reading up about the Apache people and a, apparently one of the, their weapons they would use, they would take the jawbone of a buffalo and make it into a club. Oh, <laughs> and like, yeah. it wasn't mentioned that she specifically used it. I know it said that she like used a knife, but I just love, I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting <laughs> that the Apache like people that. used that. So at some point she probably. I'm sure, I'm sure she knew how to use one. I'm right. Like, because they, they, everyone um, was trained, like, for warrior purposes exactly. and for, like, home purposes, so. Exactly. And uh, I also gave her a longbow because, obviously. Yeah. Sorry if I'm going on too much about this. No, um, no, please. Go on as much as you want to. I love hearing this stuff. <laughs> so her, like, I just kind of picked a couple spells that she would always, like, have prepared or whatever right. from her cleric list. I gave her bark skin because her AC is only 14 mm -hmm. because I didn't get – I just gave her basic leather armor because i mean that's yep. what she would have worn so mm -hmm. uh so i gave her bark skin and spare the dying because she could heal people um detect poison and disease kind of protection mm -hmm. from poison kind of goes along with it and then prayer of healing because i was reading about how she would like do like these songs and she would like sing to the god i don't remember what like the deity uh, god's name was. It was like, uh, yeah like, i knew it started with you. the u but she would like sing 
and kind of do this like healing song prayer thing and I was like that that fits yeah I wanted to do bard for that but I I don't know cleric was just calling to me so yeah and then I had to get an artisan's tool proficiency because she has the folk hero background which I forgot to mention yeah I just I thought that fit too because I gave her folk hero too (laughs) yeah she is so I gave her uh weaver's tools is her proficiency because um the Apache people like they made a lot of baskets that was their big thing was like basketry so that was kind of I know weaving is not the same thing as basketry, but that was kind of as close as I could get. So yeah, same, same like general movements, I suppose. Yes. Oh, and then I forgot feats. She just has medic to, just to give her proficiency in medicine. Nice. Um, animal handler because I mean she stole so many horses. She was good with horses, and then sharpshooter. So. Ooh yeah. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Um. Yeah, I think you like you had. Oh, what are her like? What are her like big skill proficiencies? Like the things she's super oh, good at. Yes. Um. So she has plus eight to acrobatics. Nice. Uh, which is awesome. I wish I would have given her stealth, but I couldn't like make it work with the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Animal handling, obviously. Uh. I gave her insight. That's then, that's really good for like uh mediating, I guess. Right. Plus her whole thing about like being able to detect, like people out so she also has plus seven perception which gives her 17 passive perception um and then she has athletics but since her strength is not super great it's not super high modifier uh nature obviously medicine i said perception and survival nice so nice yeah i love that that's a really (laughs) i i like i feel like you don't see fighter and cleric together a lot and i I, like it never considered it until this and then i thought there is no there's nothing else i can do (laughs) so that's it yeah uh awesome so (laughs) yours is very lovely and succinct and i'm so i'm (laughs) in love with it mine is a chaos basket (laughs) i'm so excited i started this build with 12 different subclasses open (laughs) ranging over six different full classes ish um and it took me forever to land on uh on a four-way multi-class <laughs> um oh, man. so three in rogue three in paladin three in ranger one in cleric i also considered paladin i was right there with you on that one yeah so so i kind of i tried to build it kind of chronologically in a way um, so I started out with, um, rogue. So I gave her, um, scout for rogue, um, which, which would give her like, which she has 2d6 sneak attack. Um, and then where's, oh, I didn't click on the, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> User error. Big dum dum. Um, so she has skirmisher, which means she's difficult to pin down during a fight. And you oh can move gosh. half your speed as a reaction if there's an enemy in five feet of you. And they don't get an attack of opportunity, which That's is so good. <laughs> well, as hell. Um, she also gets survivalist, uh, which means she's just proficient in nature and survival as skills if she doesn't already have them. Um, and the proficiency bonus is doubled for any uh, check you make with those. Uh, speaking of speaking of her her stats and everything, so so so. Her strength is at 14, because uh, I need it up there for Paladin and for Paladin. Uh, Dexterity is a 15 for Rogue and Ranger. Uh, I I waffled back and forth about Constitution and Intelligence too. I gave her a 13 in Intelligence just because she has such an like an incredible vast knowledge of like herbs and stuff and nature. And nature's like a nature's a nature's an intelligence skill. So right. I thought that that was probably most important. Constitution's an 11, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's just not special. Right. Um, wisdom's at 16 and charisma is at nine, uh, because you have to have it on. So, so I realized that because, because I did this ridiculous three, 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 one thing, I don't get any stat bumps. Oh no. <laughs> so, so she's just at these base stats that she gets from being a human. Um, and I did make her a variant, uh, I, which, which, which would give her lucky, um, which I thought fit really well for her, her like seer abilities, um, so yes, so she's got Scout for uh, Rogue, and then for Paladin, I gave her Oath of the Ancients, 
which is I literally had that and then I completely yeah, yeah. remade it. It's so yep, perfect yep, for yep. her. Cause, cause she's like her, her devotion to her people and to like yeah. the land and everything is such, such like a, an innate part of her that I was like, okay, well we have to have something that has to do with this. Um, and then Ranger, I did Monster Slayer because yes. go after those soldiers, baby. Go. <laughs> um, and Monster Slayer just fit the so best. <laughs> and then uh, her her cleric is a war domain cleric. Um, have to. Uh, I tr- I tried to build it as like, okay, what are the two classes that she would have had if she didn't have to deal with fighting these two armies for her whole life? And then what would she have taken when she had to like make the like change and be like, I have to like be a part of this. So I tried, tried to balance it in that kind of way. I love it. Um, so, so she gets, yes, I, I already said sneak attack, cunning action, skirmisher and survivalist. Um, and then for paladin, she gets, you know, divine sense, lay on hands, a fighting style, which I gave her defense just to pump her AC a little bit. It's, it's still only a 14, um, but anything helps uh, divine health. So she can't be poisoned or um, Divine Smite. And then her channel Divinity is uh, Nature's Wrath, which means you can basically uh, have, a, you have an, a spectral vine to spring up on a creature within 10 feet of you that you can see. Um, or they have to succeed on a strength or deck saving throw or be restrained, which is cool as hell. Uh, so and then, good. I know. And then Turn Faithless, which is... Uh, um, Sorry, you kind of emit this holy presence, basically, um, and your enemies within 30 feet, or I'm sorry, Fae or Fiend within 30 feet of you uh, have to make a wisdom saving throw, and if they're not, they are turned for a minute or until they take damage, so they just have to get the fuck away from you. Yep. <laughs> Which is awesome. So good. Um, Ranger. Um, Ranger, she is a monster slayer. So she, obviously her, her favorite enemies are monstrosities. There's natural explorer, so she doesn't get slowed down by anything. Uh, fighting Sarah, I gave her archery, which is a plus two for any ranged weapons, um, which, you know, she used a rifle and a knife primarily. And if you're throwing a knife, it's ranged and the rifle is definitely ranged. So it's just a lovely little extra. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then, so Hunter's Sense, um, you it, it, hunter sense is basically her being able to tell where the enemies are it's you learn where, whether the creature has any damage immunities resistances or vulnerabilities um if they're hidden from you you know where they are um like like you can basically tell where they are that along with uh primeval awareness basically give her like the same abilities she would have have had in real life um and then slayer's prey so um you focus your ire on one foe and increase the harm you inflict on it and as a bonus action uh you can basically pick one one creature that takes an extra d6 of damage um so which good. Is cool. yeah so i so <laughs> the and this is so slayer's prey is the reason i didn't give her hunter's mark as a ranger, which I like, am abhorrently against. I'm like, if it's a ranger, you have hunter's mark. God damn it. Exactly, you have to. <laughs> you have to. Legally, and then I was like, you have to. But I don't want to give her hunter's mark because she has this. Yeah. Um, this is so much cooler than hunter's mark. Like yeah. as much as I love it, it's very personalized and very like particularly fuck you. <laughs> yes. Um. Did you do? And then for war domain cleric, uh, she only has one. Th- or I guess two things from it for right now. There's a bonus proficiency, which is you get martial weapons and heavy armor, which doesn't really apply to her. Um, but War Priest, which basically lets you use a bonus action to do another weapon attack, which is cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, especially for like being a first level. Like if, you, if, if you're just like a first level cleric and you're a war cleric and you can attack on a bonus action too, that's pretty fucking cool. That's so good. <laughs> um. So yeah, so those are those are like her main abilities she has. Uh, like I said, I gave her a rifle and a dagger, both of which are plus eight to hit. Um, so because of expertise as a as a rogue, oh, I already know this is going to be stupid. And it's, stealth, I'm so excited. It's so it's so. I was like, this is dumb. Oh this is dumb gosh. for a tenth level character. <laughs> uh, her stealth is a plus ten, and her survival is a plus eleven. So good. Um, I know. 
and then I gave I also gave her sleight of hand because uh, she you know great at sealing shit from yeah. the army people. Um, perceptions plus seven, nature's plus five, um, insight is plus seven. Why did I put an asterisk next to that? Hmm. Can't remember. Oh well. Who knows? Uh, past me had an idea. Oh, I think it comes from. Is it from being a cleric or from a paladin? Don't they get that? Might be it. That might be it. Ranger? It might be from being a ranger. No, it's not something. Something gets something for inside. I remember reading that at some point. Something (laughs) important. Um, but brain brain squish. Um, and then her animal handling is plus seven. In oh, and also because she is a folk hero, she has proficiency with vehicles, and I took vehicles to mean horses and mules. So. There's that. There's that. (laughs) And so now we come to the part where I have a stupid amount of spells for no apparent reason. (laughs) I have, so 10. I have 15 spells and six spell slots. (laughs) Yep. Um, I don't don't have anything that's a second level spell because of the way that things worked out. I'm only technically a third level spell caster. Oh, I think I, no. Yeah, I'm only at first, so she wouldn't have prayer of healing. Oops, nah. it's fine. It, we're we're not playing with it. It's fine. Yeah, it's this is all this is all for our purposes of making yes. cool things out of cool people. Yes. Um. So multiclassing, man. Multiclass. It four way multiclassing is the dumbest thing I've ever done. That sounds painful. I I, will <laughs> I was never sitting at lunch and I was like, you. "What am I doing? What is? Why did I do this? Why did I pick four? But also, I'm glad it's I so four. worth it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so for cantrips, she has guidance and thaumaturgy because I think thaumaturgy would be super useful in like guerrilla warfare. Um, and then so she she has for paladin, ranger, and cleric, she has spells that she automatically gets um, that don't count against like her known spells or anything like that. Um, so for for paladin, she has ensnaring strike and speak with animals, super helpful. Um, and then for ranger, she has protection from good and evil, also super helpful. And then for cleric, she has divine favor and shield of faith. Um, and then for her cleric spells, I picked bane and bless for for maximum help and or destruction, uh, cure wounds and create and destroy water, especially because they're hanging around in the desert and yeah. and 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 or in these terrible conditions. Like she needs she needs access to that, and if she can just create it herself, awesome, perfect. Um. For Paladin, I gave her Heroism, Wrathful Smite, and Purify Food and Drink. Um, and then for Ranger, Animal Friendship, Goodberry, and Alarm. I love it. Yeah, I'm very pleased with it. It Again, <laughs> Chaos Basket. But I was, I was looking at um, like Scout, Subclass, Rogue, Multiclass, Into an Oath of the Ancients Paladin. Like that was yes! my other one. <laughs> Like there, there were so many cool options and I cool know. directions you could have taken this. It it was really hard to like tally it down. I even had like a monk at one point thrown into the fray. Like, <laughs> I like it. And it was like, oh, that doesn't really fit the weapons. But yeah, I had like I had like a wildfire druid, and I was like, that doesn't totally like she doesn't do anything yeah. with fire. But like the idea of destruction to yes. like make things better, that was kind of where I was like, eh. there's also um, vengeance paladin because the whole thing of like her like, just murdering setting as she should it up. <laughs> yeah um oh what was her what was her hp like mine was 70 oh no, mine was 72 so pretty close yeah um and then just because i i can't help myself if i had been able to give her a feat i would have gone with either alert healer mounted combatant mobile or sharpshooter um, See, I didn't have to worry about the mounted combatant because I had the cavalier. Yeah. So, I, cavalier was one of the ones I had pulled up, and then I was it's, like, I, I want other things though. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention too. Um, there's one called warding maneuver. Uh, Ooh, what's that? She can uh, at seventh level. You learn to fend off strikes directed at you, your mount, or other creatures nearby. If you are a creature you see within five feet of you is hit by an attack, you can roll one d8 as a reaction if you're wielding a melee weapon or a shield. Um, roll the dice, add the number to the target's, add the number rolled to the target's AC against that attack. If the attack still hits, then it has resistance against that damage. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's cool as hell. It's stupid. <laughs> it's I so have, good. I've never played a fighter. I've never played 
I have played a paladin. I haven't played. I haven't played a fighter or I haven't played a fighter or a cleric. I played ever like the other the others we've mentioned. I've played, but those two I haven't played. And I'm like, now do I have to play the? Damn it, I have to play these now. I never have played. The only thing I've never played is a wizard, and I never will. Like, I have, I I have will. one idea for one wizard, and that's it. That's like it. I have one idea for one wizard and one idea for one bard. And that's <laughs> all I'm ever going to play of either of those. High charisma, and high intelligence, scare the shit out of me. Same. Good old bar I have named Edmund Fitzgerald is just, you know. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I don't know what he does, but I love him. He's dumb. He's just yes. a dumb man. As he should be. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basic that's basically our whole our whole our whole gig here, gang. Um, thank you, Carly, so much for joining me. This was fantastic. Yes, thank you, you for having me. Woman. I'm so glad you're here. Is there so anything you. that you want to like plug or talk about? Or any of it? Um, Spot Hidden. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm on that. Uh, if you guys don't watch that, you totally should. It's We, we do it Tuesday nights at, um, I'm trying to do Pacific. I don't know. It's 7 Central, 8 Eastern, so 5, five Pacific. Pacific. Yes, 5 Pacific. Yeah. Time zones are awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're doing, I'm not going to be in it, but Friday night we're playing with Mark, they're playing with Mark Mir, which is oh, so cool. So awesome. Commander Shepard's going to be there and he sent uh, pictures of his character inspiration today that I will not mention, but it is not at all what you'd expect for a gothic horror thing. So Hell it's yeah. it's going to be something else. So yeah. And you're still going with Dark Academia, right? With, with, with Rowan? Yes. Rowan, good old Rowan Kirby. Yeah. She is, oh God. She's getting worse and worse at everything. <laughs> As we do in Call of Cthulhu. And Honestly. like Delta Green. Like, like there's no there's no getting better. It's only worse. It's only getting worse because you just get more desperate. So Yeah. I Sergio's been talking about like certain things about the second arc of Delta or Doom to Repeat, and I'm like, oh, I'm gosh. not ready for this. I'm I'm not ready to finish the first one. Like I got to a point where I just had to pause and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come <laughs> back to this later. <laughs> That's fair. I wish sometimes I wish we could pause and I could be like, okay, I need to I need to gather myself from this. Can't this gotta is, keep going. This is the highest compliment. You guys stress me out. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um yeah, thank you guys for joining us on this this lovely Wednesday evening. Um check out Carly and the whole gang on Spot Hidden. They're lovely humans. Um, and as for us, we are still on our Ashoka hiatus, which we'll be returning from on May 14th. Um, but Mondays you can hang out with Aaron on the sheep farm. He's still going through, um, what's it called? Assassin's Creed. I think it's three. He's in the revolutionary war. Um, it's three. three. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Tuesdays, Sergio does some iron sworn stuff. Um, Wednesdays, alternately, I'll be I'll be back in a couple weeks with another another friend and another cool person you should know about. Uh, the list continues to be super hella long, but please give me more if there are more people you want me to to to, to talk about. I love I love hearing them. So hit me with hit me up with them in chat. Hit me up with them in um what's it called? Uh, social media. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, just let me know. And also, I say this every week. I do D&D because it's the one I'm most comfortable building in. But if you have a suggestion of a system for me to build in, I would love to try something new. Um, I'm woefully unaware of many, many different types of TTRPGs, but I'm trying to learn more. So if you have thoughts about ones that would be important to do, let me know. Um, and then Fridays, we've been doing kind of a kind of a smorgasbord of, of content. Uh, I think this Friday we're going to be playing some kind of game on the computer together rather than <laughs> rather than a chaos one shot. It's just going to be chaos computer games together. Um, yeah, and that's that's about it. Thank you again for being here, my friend. Thank you again for inviting me. Yeah. Yes. All right, friends, have a lovely evening and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.